What is up, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns at DJ the Drunk on Twitter. And it is time for fantasy football ranking season. All right. You know I'm doing the IDP rankings. I'm going to give y'all my top offensive fantasy football rankings for 2022. I'm going to quickly go over all the positions. Um, it's not going to be a super deep dive. There's a lot of people out there doing that, but I want to give you a quick snapshot of my top 12 at all the major positions in fantasy football rankings going into this year as we come up on the biggest two weekends for fantasy drafts. Uh, we all have redraft leagues. We're all going to be getting into it. So these are the guys and gals that I think you need to catch up on real quick. These are the people, you know, the players that are going to be, you know, the, the players that some, some of them are not consensus. Some of them are consensus. But a quick snapshot gets you guys prepped for uh, those guys that are really going to solidify your roster. So stick around. Should be a good show. As always, we want to thank our Patreons over at patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. The folks, the guys and the gals that make this possible have had a lot of people signing up for that over the past few weeks as we do gear up more IDP draft, more people making those trades. Uh, the discussions are hopping up in the Discord. Hit me up on Twitter. Leave comments below. We want to get you involved in our community. We have a Discord. We have an alpha chat that we do on Twitter. I'm in there talking to people. We have Facebook groups. I mean, we have a lot of good content. We want to interact. We want to engage. Okay. We want you all to be a part of this community. We've done so much for IDP. We've done so much for fantasy football. But um, today I'm going to give you my offensive rankings. You know, look at the guys and gals. Uh, well, most of the guys, I guess, in the NFL. Players that I think are going to have a really good season. These, you know, some of them, like I said, will be chalky. Some won't. But Again, the goal is to get you in and out of here quickly, get you a snapshot, get you a little bit prepped for those roster solidifiers. I'm going to scroll along the bottom here. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, which you definitely should, I'm going to scroll on the bottom my top uh, uh, IDP players, you know, but uh, if you're here for the offensive rankings, let's, let's go ahead and get to that. So we'll start with the almighty quarterback position. So my number one quarterback going into this year is Josh Allen. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. Number three, Justin Herbert. Now, that's what most people's top three is. Uh, the order can be a little different. I still think that Patrick Mahomes deserves to be in that top two spot. I love Justin Herbert, but, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just he's, – he's different. He's special, and we, we've seen that. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl, so let's, let's respect that. Uh, coming in after those three, I have Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson is a great player. Uh, we know he has incredible rushing upside. He's got good weapons, so I have him locked and loaded really high. Not a big Kyler fan. Anybody that watches this channel has probably heard some of my Kyler rants, but I will admit he is a very high uh, upside and high floor player for fantasy. So I have him ranked in my top five. Um, I think I had him at six or seven most of the offseason, but I'm coming around to the idea that, I mean, I'm just going to admit that he's going to do what a lot of people think he's going to do. I'm going to squirrel off fantasy points. And he's at a pretty good price right now in your drafts. Actually, of these top five players, if you don't want to pay the ultimate premium, I would target Patrick Mahomes or Kyler because they're going to be a little bit cheaper. I've noticed in the underdog drafts I've been doing. Speaking of which, Underdog Fantasy is a sponsor of the show. Use the promo code in the link or the promo code IDP Army. Click the link in the description. You can sign up. They'll do a $100 sign-up bonus for your first-time deposit match, and then we'll get a kickback for that. Um, and then you can go out there and win some money playing some leagues. That's another thing the Patreons are going to do this year, and I'm going to set up, is we're going to do a weekly Patreons-only underdog league, okay, where we're all going to – you're going to come in, draft with me, 
we'll have real money on the line, you know, not big stakes, but it'll be fun. It'll be something we can do to interact and entertain and, you know, play with each other and have a good time. So get in on that, go get you a 200, you know, a hundred dollar deposit, make it $200 and let's have a good time this season. Um, coming in at six, I have Joe Burrow. I was watching Matthew Barry just a little while ago on his new show, Fantasy Football Happy Hour. He was talking about Joe Burrow, how he's a little lower on Joe Burrow than a lot of people. And he, you know, really just brought it around to the fact that he's, a, you know, a pocket passer. And that's fine. And I do understand that argument. But I think that, you know, the reality is he, we saw what he did last year was special coming off of the injury. So we know he's got it up here. Okay? So he's got it between the ears. On top of that, he's got it on each side of him. He has T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. This is a guy who last year is his known ceiling, but he could still get better. You know what I mean? Like it literally. So even if it if his rushing upside doesn't isn't there with the continuity of this offense, and you know you could say the the, the mesh or the gel of the team, you know, with the second year, uh, maybe a chip on their shoulder, something Joe Burrow is known for to a degree. Um, I think that he could continue to elevate. I really do. So I have him still in my top six. I know some people have late here of late. Some people have faded him. I was just bringing that up because Matthew Barry brought it up. Um, I thought that was an interesting point. But I think that his upside is still really, really, really high. Uh, their defense is better, but it's still not like a stop people defense. It's a make plays defense. Defenses that make plays, give the ball back to their quarterback. More points for Joe Burrow. My opinion, my thoughts. Uh, Dak Prescott comes in at seven. Kirk Cousins at eight. Jalen Hurts at nine. I I love Jalen Hurts, and honestly, he will probably finish ahead of Kirk and Dak. Um, and by the time I actually put my rankings into the fantasy pro system, I'll probably give him a bump. I'll be honest. But in the Dak, he was ranked here before the news of the uh, offensive lineman going down today. So he's going to go down a little bit too. But I really want to focus in on Kirk Cousins here. I think that he truly has a chance to throw for 5,000 yards this year. Justin Jefferson has a real shot to go for 2K. They're, they're, they're really opening up this offense with the offensive coordinator, or the, the, the I guess and I don't, he's the head coach now of that team, but they brought him in from the Rams. Um, we saw what Cooper Cup did, and Cooper Cup was, is talented. He's an incredible player. But a lot of that, and, and, and this is not shade or anything, this is good coaching, a lot of that has come from the fact that he's been put in primo situations and positions, just being Cooper Cup, okay? Now, that same guy who turned him into, you know, the best fantasy receiver season ever, he gets literally the most talented receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson, Jay Jetta, okay? This dude's out here breaking records. Basically, every time he touches the field at this point, he's breaking a record of some kind, Okay. I believe in Kirk Cousins. I'm a huge stan. Um, I think we're going to see something interesting this year. And again, that defense, while it is, it, the defense isn't what it used to be either. Granted, it's, it's you know, and that's across the middle. They have great pass rushers, Zadarius, Daniel Hunter. I've talked about them a lot. Let's go ahead and finish it out. 10, I have Lance, Trey Lance. 11, I have Tom Brady. And 12, I have Matthew Stafford. Um, two of those guys are pocket passers. I'm just really just going with the, the, the volume of passes that I think they're going to have. Trey Lance, uh, I'm not sure what his passing is going to be like, but he also, you know, represents one of these rushing hybrid quarterbacks. Even if he doesn't put up, you know, elite or even super high numbers in the, you know, dropbacks in the passes and all, you know, even, you know, passing touchdowns, he has a rushing floor that guys after him just don't, even though they have a lot more upside with the passing. So have him at 10, Tom Brady at uh, 11 and Matthew Stafford at 12. Let's go ahead and keep it moving for my top running backs this year. My top 12 running backs. This is all in half PPR format as well. Like I said, 
for like our friends over underdog play. I have Christian McCaffrey, number one, Jonathan Taylor, two, and I still have Najee Harris at three. Uh, a lot of people have moved Jonathan Taylor up to their number one spot. We kind of forget that even though he was amazing last year, it was relative to what else was around him. And it was a relative to a lot of things last year. He was having a good season, but Derrick Henry was smoking him before he went down. So we cannot forget that. Um, Christian McCaffrey has shown year over year that he does get injured, yes, but when he's on the field, if he's on the field, if we're assuming he's going to play football, right, he's going to get a workload that, yeah, could injure him, but it's also going to make him a fantasy football goldmine and a, a league winner, which he always is when you have him on your team and he's playing. Najee Harris, I've heard a lot of people say they're the, the Steelers are going to pull him off the field. They're just – people are – for lack of a better word, people are unimaginative. People are dumb. Okay, like why would they do that? Uh, he he was a he he played almost a thousand snaps last year. He played ninety eight percent or some crazy ass number uh, or nine hundred something sna offensive snaps as a rookie. Started all seventeen games as a true rookie on the Steelers. Okay, this is an organization that doesn't do dumb shit. Okay, if a player doesn't need to be on the field, they pull him off. He was out there all the time. Terrible offensive line, terrible quarterback, caught a lot of passes, had enough touchdowns, you know what I'm saying? Had like 90 targets, and people are like, oh, the targets are going to go down. He could go down almost 20 targets, and he's still going to be one of the league's target leaders. So even if you cycle that in, people fading him to the back of the first, he's a gold mine. So if you're drafting this weekend, uh, keep an eye on him at the back of the first. He's a smash hit in my opinion, smash draft pick in my opinion. Uh, I am a Steelers fan. But. I mean, what he did last year is undeniable, and people are just out here denying that it's possible he could possibly do it again. Austin Eckler comes in next, Dalvin Cook at five, and then I have Derrick Henry at six. All three of those guys are solid options. Uh, they all are getting a little old, though. Eckler, Cook, and Henry, I believe, are all 27 this year, if I'm not mistaken. You know, there's a lot of ageism in the fantasy football space, and there's a lot of data to kind of back it up. On the flip side of that, Melvin Gordon's still out here trucking. Adrian Peterson had some good years in his later years, some amazing years in his later years. Uh, Melvin Ingram, or not Melvin Ingram, there's my IDP talk. Mark Ingram had some good uh, fantasy seasons past 27, 27 years old age range. So they're just a little bit lower for me because, uh, you know, the wear and tear and the age, you know. And again, eventually Christian McCaffrey will be in that sort of area too. Joe Mixon comes at seven. Aaron Jones at eight. I have Nick Chubb at nine. Love all of those guys at their ADP, um, especially Nick Chubb, who I think I think he has a chance to be a little bit different this year than last year. We forget he missed serious time last season, and still in, in PPR and in standard, he was a top 12 running back. And he missed four, three, four, five full games. One game he played like almost no snaps. And he was still getting the touches, getting the touchdowns. He's going to get all the goal line work. And as soon you know, he's had a season where he has had over, you know, 40 plus targets. Um, it's been a while, but he can catch the ball. So I think there's upside with Nick Chubb. I think they're going to depend on him just as much as they always have. And I think he's going to be a really good pick for anybody uh, late in that second round. Then I have Cam Akers, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott. I'm a lot higher than a lot of people in consensus on Cam Akers. That's because I know that McVay trusts him. If you go look at their stretch uh, down the Super Bowl this last year, he was their workhorse back in the playoffs. He was he efficient? No, he was god awful when he played this last year. But he also played against all top, you know, top half of league defenses, and he was playing in the playoffs 
against guys who had played all season. Yeah, you could say there's wear and tear, but they've been playing football. All he'd been doing was rehabbing for over a year. Sean McVay got him out there and started giving him 20 touches a game. Again, inefficient, sure, but he played two or three of the best rushing defenses in the league. I know the San Francisco 49ers had a good rushing defense. Um, and the Bengals had a good defense. So, yeah, of course, he didn't rush for a zillion yards. Uh, and a thing that skews people is people that played underdog fantasy, DFS, like myself, played Cam Akers, got the volume, there's no touchdown. So even though the numbers and stuff are there for us to look at, the feelings, and this is my opinion again, but the feelings aren't there. Again, he was getting like 20 touches in the playoffs. That's a that's a that's an amazing workload. And he's on the Rams. What's not to love about that? And a lot of people are just fading him, saying it's not gonna happen, blah, blah, blah. Context is key for all of the numbers. This is my big spiel, and it's been this for a while. And this will probably end up being the backbone of who and what I am as a content creator and a fantasy analyst is quantitative analysis and qualitative analysis. You can't put everything into a spreadsheet and get a number, you know, and then heat chart it. You can't. You can try. You can try to quantify stuff. You can make up new things. That's fine. But eventually somebody has to analyze it, a data an analyst. Some person has to say, this is what this means in the context of these other qualitative things, these other factors. That's what I'm here to tell you. So I'm here to tell you, cam makers, don't sleep on them like everybody else. If you can get them like the fourth or fifth, which in some of your home leagues, he will probably draft that or fall that far. Get him. You're getting a good workload, getting good offense, a lot of upside. Saquon and Zeke, honestly, should probably have Saquon ahead of him. My rankings will be adjusted by the time season goes through. And then Zeke, I'm still in on Zeke. I don't know why people are so out. Again, he's just a workload thing. Zeke is going to be the next AP, in my opinion. He's going to just be good and be good and be good. Just keep being freaking good. Um, AP had like, what, 1,400 rushing yards when he was like 31. Zeke's going to be that kind of a guy. He's going to be the next Derek, you know, not Derek Gore, Frank Gore, you know, Matt Forte. He's going to have a top 12 fantasy season, probably a couple of them after he's 28. So buy that discount on Zeke. All right, moving on quickly to my wide receivers. I'll read through these quickly, and I'm going to highlight one guy in particular. But my top three are Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and then Cooper Cup. Next, I have Stefan Diggs, CD Lamb, Devontae Adams. Coming at seven, I have Juju Smith-Schuster. This is the big contentious, my contentious take of the year. But his his average ranking right now is like wide receiver 25. He's Patrick Mahomes' de facto one wide receiver. Okay. If you go back to, let's just go through his career. Last year, was injured most of the season. Big Ben was awful. Offense was putrid, okay? Whatever. Go back two years. Had 97 receptions two years ago. Just two years ago, he had 97 receptions on 128 targets. But why don't you remember that? Because he only had 831 yards. I mean, that's a very Michael Pittman-esque type of season. Oh, shade. Um, sorry. Nine touchdowns. Devlin Hodges, Mason Rudolph. Those are the two words you need to remember. Context, okay? Let's go back a year before that. 12 games, 70 targets, only three touchdowns, 500 yards. But that was the year that Big Ben was really starting to kind of, eh, eh, you know? And... Juju was hurt that year, too. Only played 12 games, and he was kind of banged up early. So let's go – so context again. Let's go back one more year. 
2018. Oh, so long ago. Who cares? He's got it. Matthew Berry actually was just talking up Juju a little bit too. In 2018, he had 166 targets for 111 receptions for 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. There are over 200 vacated targets on the Chiefs right now. He's been blowing up in camp. I have Juju at seven because I, honest to God, don't understand how most more people don't. I mean, there's so much upside with him. Best quarterback in football, you know, debatable, whatever. But he's got a resume. And when he's had a quarterback that was even halfway competent, in decline, Big Ben, you know, was okay in 2018, had an amazing all pro, or not all pro, but a, a pro bowl season. Then he's had trash to play with. He's had injuries. Context. Those things are gone. He's on the Chiefs. They tried to get him last year. He's going to blow up. If your league mates let him drop to like the fifth, sixth round, you need to be smashing Juju Smith-Schuster in every draft you're in, my humble opinion. Eight, I have Debo. Nine, I have Mike Evans. Ten, I have Tyreek Hill. I still think that I think that Tyreek's going to be just fine as a top 10 receiver this year. I think two is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, you know, the, it's only takes, and it's again, if Tyreek Hill kind of goes back to his early days where it's more boom bust and less when the later, you know, when Patrick Mahomes start targeting him a lot, so be it. You know, you still want a Tyreek Hill on your team those seasons because, you know, a 27, 28 point game that can change your whole week at any position. Um, and it feels, and it's, it's a crazy feeling because I experience it a lot whenever it happens on, you know, two plays. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's like that's what fantasy football is all about. So coming in at 11, I have A.J. Brown. Coming in at 12, I have T. Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, like I said, I think Joey B is going to drop back. He's just going to keep letting it rip. A.J. Brown, I like the move for him, and I like what I've been hearing out of camp. And honestly, I just think that Jalen Hurts and he – I mean, they have a thing. Again, this is more contextual stuff, you know, but they, they have this thing, and they both want to be successful. They both want to win. They're both kind of playing – I mean, they're playing with their heart on their sleeves, Gen Z, whatever you want to call it. Like, they don't give a fuck, you know. Who knows what they think about it? They're, you know, they're not just getting up there and giving you the typical, you know, yeah, we're really happy to be here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh-huh, I thought that play was okay. Uh-huh. No, these guys are like, this is why I think, this is why I feel, um, you know. And, again, it's a, more professional than that. But um, I think that they're going to really, really, really try to be difference makers for that team. And honestly, we know A.J. Brown can be a difference maker. And last year, Jalen Hurts was kind of a difference maker in multiple games. So that rounds out my top 12 for the wide receivers. Let's finish it out with the tight ends. Quickly, we have number one, Travis Kelsey. Number two, I have Mark Andrews. Number three, I have George Kittle. Number four, I have Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is one of my big guys for this year. I think he's He's been an ascending player year over year over year, getting more targets, getting more yards, uh, getting more touchdowns every single year since he's been come into the league. Uh, that correlates with also Josh Allen getting better. All right. Not a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people just want to project him for like exactly what he did last year, which is funny because the year before that, they basically projected him for what he did the year before that. We got to stop doing this in fantasy where we just be like, this year is the same as this year. And then just assume, you know, I just, He's on an amazing team. They're gonna throw him the ball a ton down the red zone. He's another two. He had another two touchdowns. And what people don't even talk about in the playoffs. He's an incredible player, and they use him a lot. And you don't have to draft him anywhere near wide or tight end four. That's another great thing about Dawson Knox. You can get him tight end ten, tight end eleven. 
Uh, so be keeping an eye on him if you do be if you are taking a late round tight end draft strategy, which I'm still a big fan of, especially in today's economy where we've pushed up a lot of, you know, potentially middle tier, honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, Greg Olson, you know, uh, um, Jordan Reed types, guys that we used to be like, well, you know, we saw it once, but we know what to expect from this position. So let's still take him in round seven, eight. We don't do that anymore. Now we start taking those guys in round like four or five. Because there's advanced analytics that tell us that that's okay now. Whatever. Anywho, Zach Ertz comes in at five. Darren Waller at six. I like both those guys. Darren Waller, I'm a little worried about his overall target volume with Devontae Adams being there. I think that's fair, but I still think he's one of the he is one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, Dalton Schultz, I have seven. Kyle Pitts at eight. I'm a lot lower on Kyle Pitts than a lot of people. You know, his quarterback situation last year was better than it's going to be this year. Yeah, he had a lot of yards. Yeah, he had a lot of receptions, but he didn't have a wide receiver one on the team to compete with. And even with all of those targets and no competition, he had one touchdown. Yeah, it's going to regress, you know, and don't be like, it's going to regress. You know, shit, okay? Of course, he's going to regress, positively regress to more than one fucking touchdown, okay? Like, don't even bring that up. That's like such a waste of my time. But the reality is the situation is not better uh, for him, uh, and you can't really argue that it is. So all you can really say is there's going to be touchdowns and he's going to get a lot of volume. That's fine. He still, with all that volume last year, was not a top five tight end. So I don't see why people put him up there so high in a world where he could legitimately see less action. So I think it's fair to have him at eight. and He's an easy fade for me personally. Um, Dallas Goddard comes in at nine. Hunter Henry at 10. Hunter Henry, low-key, had a really good year last year. Only player on New England I'm interested in at all. Basically, on either side of the ball, I do like Kyle Duggar and Jabril Pepper still. But um, low-key, I think he had like nine or ten touchdowns, six, seven hundred yards. And if you watch some of the games, which I don't know if people watched New England games or not last year. I did because I play, played draft games. I had a lot of Hunter Henry. He, was, he got plenty of targets, too. Uh, so, in my opinion, he's probably the best pass catcher on. New England, if New England's honest with itself, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see another good year from him. I wouldn't surprise me if we saw double-digit touchdowns from him. You can get him right now off the board, you know, right around that tight end 10 area. I should probably bring him up my rankings just a little bit more. Um, Jay Hawkinson, I have 11. We'll try to make him a thing for so, so, so long. Uh, people are finally not trying to do that. I heard Evan Silva just kind of giving people permission to, like, stop being in on TJ Hawkinson, which people needed. He also gave people permission to be in on Dawson Knox, so it's not too late to jump in on the bandwagon, all right? Evan Silva's there with me. Um, but make your own decisions, you know, do your own research, all that stuff. And then Cole Komet is who I have on here as 12. That's not who my actual 12 is. Uh, like I said, I have need to update these rankings. Well, not majorly, like I said, like two players. But I did move Cole Komet down intentionally the other day. I will look here real fast for you. Because if you've made it this far, you deserve to know who my tight end 12 is. Let's be honest with ourselves, okay? Let's not say anything that's untrue. All right, who we got here at 12? Okay. It's still Cole Komet. So I guess I had him a little bit higher, and I moved him down. Because I remember that was like a mental thing I had to do. Anyway, uh, I got a few questions here or comments. Josh Hall says, yo, bro, Hurts at nine. What did I ever do to you? I told, I said I prefaced my whole Hurts, ugh, Hurts conversation by he should probably be higher, and he will be higher by the time season comes around. So get off my back. Jordan Dog reigns. You already know what it is. 
Yeah, Pitt slipped because he sucks. <laughs> Do not bring up positive Kyle Pitts regression or Jordan is dropping hands on site. I mean, these just be the facts. You know what I'm saying? Bring your bring your spreadsheets over. Pop, pop. Knock them out. All right. This video needs to be short, so I'm going to finish right there. Do me a favor. If you've watched this, if you've enjoyed the content, subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. Go check out the IDP content we have. We have Dynasty Rankings. We have Best Ball content. We have NFL Draft content. We got everything. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube Shorts. Uh, we're on Facebook. So uh, wherever you're at, we will meet you there. We appreciate you. Tell a friend about IDP Fantasy Football. If you found us for offense, like I said, we do offense too. Check out the site, idparmy.com. I just have my IDP rankings up there, but if people want to see my in-season offensive rankings, let me know in the comments. I'll, I'll, I'll post them for you. I'll, I'll do that for you, okay, because I'm that kind of a guy. So this might be the last time that I see some of you until the season kicks off. So go out there, draft to win, talk your shit, okay? This is the best time to talk your shit because, I mean, eventually 11 people are going down, okay? So get in while the getting's good before your team's own five. And then you can't. You don't have permission to talk shit anymore. So when everybody's at zero, get in there. Get in there while it's getting good, like I said. Appreciate you all. Um, yeah, until next time, IDP Army. Be good. We'll be good at it.